This is Client Side from Fox Agency. Hit it! That's what I'm talking about! Wait! Okay now, from the beginning. Jane Nugent's expertise covers all aspects of the marketing mix from strategy, plans and campaigns, brand and proposition development, digital channel development and customer insight. She has worked across a range of sectors and held senior marketing roles for Trinity Mirror and Speedy Hire to her current role where she is one of the team of 80 plus marketing directors at the Marketing Centre who provide expert marketing director services to ambitious companies on a part-time basis, supporting aspiring SMEs that recognise they need the skill set and the strategic input of an experienced marketing director, but don't need or can't afford that level on a full-time basis. Jane Nugent, welcome to ClientSide. Oh, thank you very much. Delighted to be here. Well, I'm really looking forward to uh, to, to speaking to you. Um, you. You've got a really interesting background as well. Let's go back to the beginning of, of your career, because you started in the newspaper industry holding a number of roles for Thomson Reuters, uh, in the 80s and 90s. And that's really at the sort of the peak of the newspaper industry. What, what first attracted you to the industry? Well, I, um, I ended up there, as lots of people do, by accident, really, because I was um, looking for a role and uh, I saw an advertised in the, um, the Newspaper Society, which was the trade association for the regional press. Mm-hmm. And I went along and uh, they offered me the job. And that was the start of a very happy time in the newspaper industry. And as you say, um, newspapers, particularly regional newspapers, really dominated mm. the advertising industry mm-hmm. in their markets at the time. That's where everybody went if you were looking for a job, a car, a house something to buy or sell, carried all the big brand advertising uh, for the national um, you know, companies and also the local companies. So it was a great place to be. Uh, I learned a lot about uh, different target audiences, uh, understanding how I moved around. I worked in quite a lot of, of different locations and every location was slightly different. So the, you know, the people in, um, the southeast were very different for the people in Newcastle, mm-hmm. and you really had to get to understand your particular marketplace to make sure that you were providing the content, i.e., the editorial um, matters, uh, working with the editorial team um, to attract the right readers, and that there because obviously you were selling those readers to your advertisers sure. as, as a response. So, and. So great learning. As I say, I moved around the country a lot, got to know lots of different uh, parts of of the the UK. Mm-hmm. And then there was the, this the shift started to come in in terms of um, digital channels. Mm-hmm. People started to set up um, aggregated content. I think it first started with with property because. One of the great things from the newspaper's point of view is that they, because they held the monopoly really for those platforms, they were able to charge very high rates and advertisers obviously thought there might be another way of sure. getting to their audience sure. without paying they, quite so much. Which they found which, out later they, yeah, through the internet. They did, mm-hmm. they did. And, and that had a fundamental shift mm. For the so, whole of the, the newspaper industry, nationals and and regionals. So that's really interesting. Being in an, in the newspaper industry at that time when that shift started to take place, and 
spend started going online. They didn't have the dominance that they that they once had, the stranglehold on sort of marketing spend that they once had. How did the industry respond from being inside the industry at that time? What was it like? Sort of, how did the leadership respond to that sort of shift? I think there was a, a reluctance to change. Mm. Um, they, I think they kept hoping it would go away, mm. uh, which, of course, it, it wasn't going to. Sure. And so it was trying to, they went into defensive mode, really, mm. and, and then um, recognised over time that that really wasn't going to work. And so that they then decided to start to embrace um, the digital channels and the platforms. But by then it was a bit too late because other people had gone on to, you know, uh, the places like Rightmove were already pretty sure. well established. And so then therefore trying to do deals with the state agents and having um, a newspaper based um, property uh, online site, it was a, a bit behind the times really and so they they it, it was a, it's a difficult one you know when you're a very profitable business and trinity mirror was a plc so there's a lot of mm. pressures to keep the share price and the shareholders happy with you know the ongoing profits so yeah and, and you know that's played through and it's quite interesting how that has impacted both the nationals and the regional newspapers and they've um so I think all of them have really struggled to find that um, that mix of of how you keep a paid a paid newspaper and build your online revenues at the same time and maintain your audience. Hmm. Probably the FT is about the one that's done it most successfully. They've got over a million subscribers sure. now. But it's a very different proposition. The Financial Times. It's a really specialist thing, but it proves it can be done hmm. if you really know your audience and you've got the right compelling content uh, that you can market to them um so they're in a real niche but they've been extremely successful i think all the other newspapers have had it found it a bit difficult to get back to where they really need to be hmm, quite fascinating you're now a marketing director for the marketing center which provide expert outsource marketing director support to ambitious smes um as i mentioned at the beginning of the show what type of businesses do you typically work with and at what stage do they engage you? We work with both B2B and B2C businesses, although I think we're about 60% B2B uh, in terms of the companies that we work for. And they're usually businesses that um, a lot of them are family owned, sometimes second generation mm -hmm. um, or um, entrepreneurs who've set up um businesses for themselves and then they get to a point when they realize they have been probably doing some marketing because everybody's done but it's not really achieving anything and that's because they're doing stuff and rather than having a strategy sitting behind it and they'll sometimes they'll have you know people in the business and um, marketing execs or marketing assistants and but again busy doing lots of stuff, stuff. but not really knowing whether right. any of it is actually delivering sure. the impact they can't see what it's bringing or mm. they recognize that they've got to a point when they just need to be a bit more sophisticated mm -hmm. you know they're, they're they've refined the business it's but their proposition needs some work or there's competition coming along that wasn't there before and mm. now they need to uh, find out what their differentiators are 
and uh, so there's lots of different reasons that they come to us but it is when they suddenly recognize that marketing isn't just something that you stick out messages on social media and hope that somebody reads them that (laughs) it has to have a strategy behind it and it has to and you really have to build your brand Mm -hmm. that's where we always start with people it's all about the brand if you don't know what your brand's about if you haven't got a clear proposition if you don't know what your positioning is in the market and Mm -hmm. how that fits against the competition everything else is a bit of a waste of time. Really so that's where we always start with that bit and then look at who do we want to attract, what do we want to say to them, and where what do we need to do in order mm. to bring that interest and those leads in. So usually it's people, you know, needing to do things in a more sophisticated way or they've sort of run out of steam with what they're they're doing, but they know there's great potential for their business. They just don't know how to go out about exploiting it makes makes sense and we'll come back to the brand piece and modernizing businesses a a little bit later but but let's talk about choosing and appointing agencies because you work with agencies in pretty much all your roles up up to up to now what do you think makes a good client agency relationship um there's got to be a huge amount of trust in there you know you are um when you're working with an agency, be it a digital agency, a creative agency, um, you are allowing them to represent your business and your brand. You're wanting them to interpret your um, proposition and um, turn it into something better than you can do yourself. Otherwise, you'd do it yourself. Um, and it's having they also i think they really need to understand your market and and what i've done is often choose agencies who got some specialism in the area that you're in so for instance Mm -hmm. i think if you're working in a b2b business you need an agency who was worked with b2b um companies as well because it is still very different to the b2c proposition And or, you know, they might have been a bit in your sector if you're in a in a particular specialism. So they understand some of the nuances of what you do. I mean, everybody can learn things, but it starts to give you a bit of understanding that you're not having to explain everything from the start. So they can come to you with some knowledge and background. But and then it's really so they know they need to have some relevant expertise. They Mm. need to be really good at what they do because you are paying them for their input and and their their specialism you have to be able to trust that they're going to do their very best for you and one of the final bits is i really need to get on with them i need to like them i don't see the point in working with people that you don't really like you know there's enough of that around (laughs) so finding people you feel you can develop a a good relationship with a two-way relationship um Mm. you know i don't want to necessarily i don't want finding people are going to turn out to be my best mate that's yeah, not what I'm about sure. it's good if you know that you can have some open and honest conversations with with them without um either party um getting uh, offended too upset too like emotional that. yeah definitely Absolutely. it's a yeah. fine balance isn't it it really is so I mean you mentioned they have to be really good at what they do how, how do you evaluate that um, when you're comparing to, let's say, B2B agencies where, you know, one has got really great clients and they've done some some fantastic work, but the other one may have 
also great clients as well and they've also done fantastic work when it's quite close what, what tends to be the differentiator um i think some of it's about how you think you're going to be able to work together and also one of the other things that i will always do i will always speak to other people that they've worked with mm -hmm. you know not just looking at what they've done but trying to get a sense of um you know how how it how it actually works one of the other things that i think is also important and i think sometimes hap happens with agencies particularly larger agencies you know um you'll be courted by um the top people and then when it actually starts to do your job you might end up with with not betty, the top people right you know, or betty who started last week which yeah. is all well and fine but not what you were sold sure, sure so i think it's also knowing that they will keep their side of the bargain i'd rather it sounds a bit arrogant i'd rather be um a big fish in a small pond sure. rather than a, rather than the other a, way around. A small so I, fish in a big pond, yeah. Yeah, because really I think, point. you know, they, it's my business that I'm getting is really important to me and I want them to feel that it's important to them too. So I haven't tended to go with the really big, well-known agencies because I don't think I would um, stand out enough and mm. I, I want... I want them to really love my business yeah. as much as I do. Yeah, and give you the the care and attention that it that it deserves. I I almost feel sometimes that some clients hire certain brands of agency because they come with a certain reputation or a certain gravitas, um, and it's almost like you don't get fired for buying IBM, um, even though they end up being a small fish in a big pond. Yeah, I agree. I but, agree. But but having said that, they don't get the results that, that that they want because they're sort of, as you said, that they pitch with the A team, but then they deliver with the B or the C team, uh, yeah. and that's that's a challenge that 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 we see uh, off, quite often. So so in your opinion, what are the most important factors or capabilities or characteristics of new agencies that you work with, and if they were to get on your radar? how what's the best way for them to to do that if they wanted to win you as a as a client in your experience well as i'm sure you can imagine i have over the years i've had lots of approaches mm -hmm. um from people and i think some of it's about actually um telling me why i should have a conversation with them and sometimes it's i've you know i'll say it's not the right time because i've just appointed people to my roster and i'm going to give them a good go you know of, of and we're fine for now it's it'll be another you know a year before i review where we are so there isn't an opportunity now but you know come back to me but i think it's coming to you that they have done some good research into your business and its right. challenges and its opportunities so they don't just come along and say hi we're here we'd love to work with you sure. and i'll say why 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 should i be sure. interested in you what what have you got to offer mm -hmm. that you don't think i'm currently getting and i and i think it's that um you know it's like anything is it why why should if i was you know selling baked beans why should anybody buy my baked beans rather than somebody else's sure. i've got to come up so it, it, it's it's applying the principles of marketing yeah. to your approach as well. You know, it, that's all, you know, selling anything, you've really got to understand who you're going after and why they should be interested in you. Um, and, and I have, you know, picked up 
and and started working with agencies on that basis who have approached me because I've been interested enough in what they've had to say or mm. that it's been worth a conversation. Really? And I'm always happy to talk to people, mm. you know, there's, because you just never know what you might learn or they've got a great idea you hadn't thought of. I mean, obviously you can't talk to everybody all the time. Sure. You'd never get any work. Sure, done, but sure. It, it, it's, it's not a closed book from that perspective. And you just never know when you might need something sure. different. Hmm. Um, you know, you might have be working with a couple of agencies and something else comes along that you need that you think someone else might be able to do slightly better. Okay. So there's a bit of a niche job, for instance. Right, okay. Um, that, that you don't think quite fits with the people who might be running your campaign work because it's not really a campaign. It might be a more brand-led sure. uh, position in peace. So I think it's good to have a, a mix of different skills so you're not over-reliant on, on, say, two agencies, for instance. Really interesting. But it's the agencies that have done their research prior to contacting you. They understand who you are and what your challenges are, and they approach yeah. you with a relevant message that, that really gets your attention. Absolutely. Yeah, mm. exactly. People are busy, aren't they? Why, why They haven't got time to just be nice to people, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Definitely. Definitely. Let's, let's talk about giving feedback to agencies. Clients have different communication styles. Yeah. If they're unhappy with something, some clients tell the agency straight away. Others, other clients go silent, giving the agency a suspicion that something's wrong, but they don't know uh, that something actually is wrong. W what's the best way of giving feedback? I think you need to tackle it as soon as you um have got a concern and i one of the things i say to agencies when i work with them i am i am pretty blunt and i'm very direct and mm -hmm. if i've got a problem i will tell you so don't be surprised if i do <laughs> uh, so you i think know, most so agencies would front, prefer that yeah yeah and and i i can't see why you just go quiet or mm. something because um Hopefully, you're still wanting them to work for you, or unless you're out looking for somebody else. Sure. But they're still there doing a job in the meantime, and you want everything they do to be as good as it possibly can be. And and I think you do need to go back to them. And, you know, nobody's perfect. Sometimes mm -hmm. they just sort of don't quite get it, mm -hmm. or it things will come in and I'll look at it and I just think, that's just not good enough or it's not right or it doesn't feel proper. Or it's not compelling yeah. enough. And so I will call and say, um, I'm not very happy about this. You need to look at it. And if they don't really, you know, the account manager or account director you're working with who doesn't really get it, then I'll, I'll go up the tree okay. and, because sometimes you need someone else sure. to look at it with a fresh pair of eyes because yeah. They wouldn't have sent it to you if they didn't think it was okay. Sure. So perhaps they can't see mm. what the problem is. Mm. Uh, and it's not trying to be, um, you know, being elitist and, and saying I'm only going to talk to, you know. Um, the, the CEO or the boss or. No, exactly. Yeah. But sometimes it's, I think you have to because mm. they need to come in and try and look at it from your perspective, sure. because say the team have probably been trying their best or have come up with their best idea, but it's just not right. Mm. And usually that comes back round and then everybody gets, they'll say, oh yeah, right, I can see now and it all comes round again. And I haven't ever had to end 
a relationship with an agency because their work has got too poor mm. because we've always been able to have those conversations and they get back on. And sometimes, you just, sometimes relationship, you just come to the end, don't you? Mm. Everybody sort of had enough of each other, really. <laughs> and sometimes you, you, you just need a, f- a fresh start. Sure, a fresh perspective, um, fresh skills, and I guess new new energy sometimes. Yeah, um, you do. You mm. do, particularly if, you know, people have, you, it's the same people working with you all the time. It's the sure. same as I've, I've worked in businesses when we've had in-house creative teams, and that tends to get, they get quite stale quite quickly because they haven't got that external impetus sure. that you get from being an agency team when you've got new people in you're competing you're having to look outside all the time all the time yeah and they've, they've got lots of ex- external influences from several different different clients so ex- exactly and you and you pick up the benefit mm. of the other clients that they work with there you go uh, sometimes you know they've tried something with somebody else and the other person's been the guinea pig and you can get on the back of that so right or we'll vice have versa. one of those yeah, we'll yeah. have one of those as well, please. <laughs> really interesting. You say that as a commissioner of services, you have to know what you're talking about. Don't be led by your agency. If you have a strong direction in mind, um, go with that. What do you mean by that? Can you expand on it? Well, I think you know your business and your products and your services better than anybody else. Well, you should do if you're the marketing director. and And a lot of that is then... You know, I will have a really clear idea in my mind from a strategy point of view and an output point of view of where we want to get to. What isn't necessarily my forte is turning that into into visualizing that, you know, coming up with the images and the campaign elements that really bring that to life. So um, I I need to know that things that people are proposing to me are, are going to work. So, you know. As I said right at the start, I've seen a lot of changes during my career. It's gone from being very, you know, print based to being mm-hmm. very on the world of marketing is very online. And now I think it's a bit more of a sort of mix of different channels. I think people are recognizing that you you need lots of different channels to, to get to people in, in different ways. And you need to understand how those work because otherwise people can send you down a road that isn't right for your brand sure. or your products. So even though I'm employing them for being more expert, say, you know, working with a, a digital agency who might be working on your website, I'm employing them because they've got expertise I will never have because sure. I'm not doing that all day, every day. Mm-hmm. But I still need to know enough of when they suggest something to me, whether it I think it's going to work or it's right. I'm not going to just believe everything they say because they tell me. Just because they tell you. Right, exactly. So I have to keep my skills up to date. Mm -hmm. I have to be, you know, a jack of all trades, really, which is what you are when you're a marketing director. You have (laughs) to know enough enough about everything to to feel that it's it's right and it justifies the investment that you are putting into it without just going blind faith mm. after something and particularly when you know with digital marketing people can try and bamboozle you with all sorts of yeah lingo and right yeah yeah and data they, and numbers yeah, and all the yeah, rest of it I know, right. and you you might think i have no idea what you're talking about mm. so you have to know what they're talking about Definitely. because so that you you do the right 
um, you do the right thing as a marketing director. You may have your budget, but you always have to be able to justify every penny that you spend. You know, when in businesses, um, marketing is one of those things that even if they're quite committed to it, ultimately it's discretionary. Mm -hmm. So if times get a bit tight, it's often training and marketing are the two areas. One of the first things to go, yeah, definitely. And you have to be able to show that you've you've spent the money wisely and that you've had an impact. Mm. Um, And that's hard to do if you're just relying on somebody else managing everything for you and not really understanding what they're doing. Well, let's talk about how your marketing budget how you measure the impact of your marketing budget when you're spending it with an agency, because how, how can you as a marketing director tell that your marketing budget is working as hard as you are or even harder? Well, it depends what you said we're setting out to do. You know, if you're, when you're working on brand um, development, it's always a bit harder, isn't it? Because you can't put a, a number mm-hmm. against the fact that you're, your brand is mm-hmm. being perceived differently. You can eventually, but not initially. Sure. It's not a direct one-to-one. Whereas if you are, you know, running a PPC campaign, you right. can see the stuff that's coming in. Straight away. Exactly. Yeah. And, and how how valuable those contacts are. Mm-hmm. And are they the right people? And can you therefore ultimately convert them into a, 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 a customer? So there's different elements of it. And I think it's, one of the things that I've always worked quite hard to do, because often you'll go into a business and people think they know about marketing, but they don't really, really know what it does. Mm. And, and they and nowadays, because people talk about um, measurements and return on investment much more, people have a perception that there is a direct line between every pound that you spend and a, what you get out of it. And mm-hmm. it isn't quite... <laughs> that clear mm-hmm. and, and things take time to build so i will always try and make sure that people understand that uh, a certain amount of marketing is about investment and it, it's like anything else if you're buying equipment for the business you're investing in it and then over time you'll get a return get on a it return. yeah and uh, uh, making sure that everybody um gets what you're doing and understands the strategy and, and the, the and the difference so that you can justify the budget and the fact that you know ultimately you will see ultimately you've got to see something coming through you've either got to you know your brand awareness will be greater you'll be generating more leads there'll be more people talking about you demand will go up so there are those outcomes absolute you know ultimately it's all about revenue or profitable revenue anyway mm. um and that's the thing that the marketing strategy always has to be completely aligned to that's what you're there for you are there to help support and drive the revenue targets for the business uh, but but it might not happen tomorrow it it'll take a little sure. bit of to get there you you know it's easy if you can chuck a whole load of money at your at PPC and, and bring in lots of different leads. Right. Whether whether they turn out to be of any value is a different matter altogether. Sure. So it, it's not always about the number, it's about the quality of the yeah, number. Yeah, it really is. Have you worked with any uh, leadership team or, or, or business owner that's sort of quite traditional and they've lost faith in marketing and they want a return quite quickly? You know, they can't understand 
why we're spending all this money, but we're not really seeing the return as soon as they would like. They're, I guess they're a little bit more impatient. How have you managed to deal with someone that thinks in that sort of way and doesn't really think of the medium to long-term impact that the, that the marketing campaign is having? I think it's it comes back to that sounds a bit ridiculous education, mm. but under you know getting people to understand that um, you know you have to have your your brand sits at the heart of everything, your brand and your proposition and your purpose and why you are there it has to be really clear because otherwise everything else you layer on top of that isn't going to attract the right people. It's not going to attract the people who actually want to be your potential customers and long-term customers, which is ultimately what you're after. And, and it, and it is just, again, using your knowledge and your expertise that I've accumulated over, over the years to say, this is, this is, this is what you need to expect. You know, it isn't, necessarily going to be stuff coming in over I mean sometimes you can get things coming in because they were just doing things so badly so there are things that you, so you're always trying to find a few quick wins to keep people happy but get people to understand that it is a bit more of a, a slightly medium term rather than a long term you, you, nobody gets the luxury of doing long term marketing sure. and not showing any any growth from it from that time but and and I think people if they are confident that you know exactly what you're talking about, which I do, um, and you can show them examples from other places and how it's worked, then you know people have to have that confidence mm. in you. And and it, and it you know it that's it it takes time. I've worked in lots of businesses where they have always done things in the same way, and therefore they are running out. And and some of it's about then changing to you know from a traditional view to a more online mm -hmm. approach but it's getting people to understand what that means and how you are going to deliver the growth and all the steps that you're going to go through and you keeping them up to date and reporting stuff back all the time so it, it, it it's about faith at the end of the day them having faith in the fact that you will do the right thing and the and the results will come in through in through in the end and i think sometimes that's why you know uh, marketing directors the tenure of marketing directors i think has over sure. the years is just getting shorter it's shortened. and shorter yeah definitely because people are impatient mm. and uh, i think particularly in certain areas like online retail mm -hmm. i think that's quite a ruthless world to be in you know you're only as good as your last set of numbers right you're only as good as last week in, in yeah. some cases yeah, yeah you are really exactly. good point and, and and that's you know that must be a really difficult place yeah. to be in because nothing you know next week could be different and there's mm. the circumstances that have come along that were completely out of your control mm -hmm. wouldn't matter you know even if you walked on water it wouldn't necessarily <laughs> make, made the difference that yes. was people think they're looking for so I think you know the whole move to digitization and 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 online in marketing has been a great thing, but also not so great in other ways. That it's driven that impatience and that belief that you do something today and you always get a res positive result tomorrow. Let's talk about creating briefs for agencies. Now, a, a good brief just exponentially increases the agency's ability to do fantastic work. The client 
sort of sets the start and end point for the project, giving the agency sort of a solid foundation for strategy or creative development. Some have likened it, well, some have likened the briefing process to almost the way that you brief a surgeon <laughs> prior All to right. an operation. With that being the case, what's the best way of creating a great brief for an agency? It's, you know, those simple things. Where are you now? What are your objectives? Mm-hmm. And what will success look like? Mm-hmm. And, and, and sticking to those things. And if you don't know what you're trying to achieve, you're not going to get there. You know, as you as the, as the client, you have to have a really, be really clear about what your objectives are. Not woolly objectives, sure. quite specific objectives. And you also have to make sure you provide all the background information that's needed so people understand how you've got to where you are. I think that's the uh, key. I've seen so many briefs that are so woolly and full of marketing jargon that yes. they, they almost sound, they, they want to sound intelligent and impressive. But actually yeah. behind it, there's not really much there. They don't really know what they're trying to achieve and they're not really articulating that in a way that the agency can receive it and then propose something concrete back um, well, to your it's point. It's that thing. It's it's a cliche, but it, it it's applies to everything. If you don't know where you're going, mm-hmm. you ain't going to get there. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how great your agency is or the people that you want to work with. If you're, you know, you'll, you'll, they'll end up going off in a separate direction or a different route because you haven't been really specific about what you need to achieve. And, and it takes a lot of time to, as a client, to write a good brief mm-hmm. because you, re- you really have to do the thinking. You can't sure. just chuck something out there that is woolly because <laughs> it isn't going to work. Sure. You, you have to have put the effort into really thinking about, what you want to achieve and and giving some really clear pointers about what that you think that might look like and uh, because you know or whatever different elements you know you think you need a campaign to do x because these are the products that you actually want to um focus on or this is the segment of people that you and and some detail around those particular you know so it's a particular segment give people as much information as you can about them that you've got from your information if you don't know enough about them then how is someone who's outside your business ever going to have that depth of knowledge that you should have in you should have or should be in your team at mm. least very good point Let, let's talk about performance reviews it's it's important to conduct effective performance reviews for both client and agency uh, so they can both provide feedback and uh, improve the working relationship how often should we conduct them and what's the best way that you've seen them done i've tended to do if we were working on a particular campaign then we will have a formal um review at the end of that with all the parties involved so if there's been a campaign that's had you know a, a couple of agencies with someone working on the on the you know, the website content and somebody else working on the the creative campaign elements um, and the my internal team, we all get together, sit around the table and we, we talk it through. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's important because you will always pick up learnings from it. And um, it isn't meant to be just a review of the agency. It's re- meant to be a review of how we've all worked collectively sure. mm-hmm. because we sometimes as the client, 
you may not have made life as easy as possible for the agency because <laughs> you didn't do what you said you were going to do. Surely not. Does that happen yeah. with clients? Occasionally, sometimes. <laughs> Things get in the way and mm. you didn't give it enough care or attention or you didn't you know, you, you weren't fast enough in coming back with the things that you'd promised mm-hmm. that you would do so they could do their bit. And and then time, you know, sometimes uh, projects slip, but it isn't necessarily the fault of the agency. It might have been the client who was dragging their feet on mm-hmm. some, or vice mm-hmm. versa, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think it is that because hopefully you'll then all be going on to work on another campaign and you need to make sure that when you do the next one, you do it even better. Mm. Um, so there is that constant learning and, and, and reviews along the way and, and getting that input. And I'm was always being open to people saying, I think it could have been better if you had done more of this. So, you know, just because you're the client doesn't mean that you're not open to improvement as well. Mm. Last couple of questions, Jane, before we get into our quick fire questions for the interview. You you were marketing director for Speedy Hire from 2015 to 2017. The business had a, a traditional approach to marketing at that time, and you were quite instrumental in modernizing their approach. Um, talk about what you did and how did you take them on that journey, especially since I imagine that there must have been some resistance to change if people were doing marketing historically in, in a certain way and they didn't necessarily want to modernize or sort of move with the times. How, how did you take them on that journey? Um, well, when I arrived, I, I took the job on the basis that I was told I had a blank sheet of paper hmm. and that the marketing really need completely reviewing and rebuilding. That was obviously a view from the senior team, not necessarily how people out in the, the depots and the other teams would necessarily have seen it. And and that's what I set out to do. And one of the issues was we didn't, there wasn't a marketing strategy. Lots of people were doing lots of stuff again. I I think one of the things I described it as we got, it was leaflet-tastic. There was a, le- there was a leaflet for everything right. anybody who wanted a leaflet could have one they all looked different they all had said something different yeah. they then then um held up cupboard shelves because they didn't really go anywhere so i think what i did was i just stopped a lot of the stuff that we were doing while we assessed where we were and where we need to get to and it was again starting with looking at the brand how it had lost its way so we needed to be clearer on what our proposition and how you know hire is a, a very competitive marketplace we need mm. to need to understand what differentiated speedy from our competitors because otherwise we would just be going out and doing stuff again so mm. it was trying to get people to understand why we were different and and communicating that internally as well as externally so everybody understood where we were trying to go as a business mm-hmm. and and therefore how marketing would support that so the marketing wasn't just about you know uh, promoting a particular product out for hire that it was about the the wider business and and our purpose and how we um could compete more easily without having to always compete on price mm. so there was a lot of that bit and try and sharing that message with you know the sales guys and how did, how did that go down well i think for some of them it you know it makes sense mm. but they still wanted to do things in the meantime mm-hmm. you know like the example of 
someone who asked me could they have sandwich bags with our logo on there so they could give them to the um, local sandwich shop near a site where they were hoping to get some kit hired out of. And I said, no, we're okay. not going to do that because, A, it's a waste of time and money and it's not really where I see our brand yeah. has been positioned. Sure. We're not a sandwich bag business. <laughs> and also the guys who are coming in to get their sandwiches aren't the people who are going to make decisions sure. about who they hire from. More importantly, so, yeah. So we need to go after the right people. Mm -hmm. And then it was understanding, segmenting the customer base and and getting the right messages for all of those because it's very different if you're a, a, a man in a in a van or you are um, the likes of Balfour Beatty. The, the how we need to talk to you needed to be very different and we had to have the right messages for all of those people. So it was getting people to understand that wasn't all the same for everybody and we needed to communicate with people better uh, the website hadn't been touched for years it was really out of date it had been hard coded you couldn't make any changes mm. the, the catalog hadn't been refreshed for many for a long time mm. we had products in there that we didn't hire anymore we had lots of products that we hired that weren't in there so there was lots of fundamentals to get right mm -hmm. so we were telling people the right things about our business mm -hmm. and so it was moving it from being very traditional and and sort of print based and reactive to being planned to having a good website that we could send people to with pride having a catalog that was talking about some of the innovations and product developments that mm -hmm. we were trying to move the industry towards in terms of safety and compliance and more environmentally friendly products and, and then putting campaigns in place. Because in high, one of the key things for the success of the business is utilization rate. If you've got kit sitting in a depot somewhere and it isn't going anywhere, sure. that is critical. So we put campaigns in place for um, seasonal campaigns, you know, like in the winter, like now, uh, you need on sites, you need lights and you need heaters. You don't need those in the summer. So mm. it was promoting those and driving up, putting a campaign, getting them to to the right messages to people. So they thought about us before they thought about the competition yeah. and, and using that to drive up the utilization. And that was one of the measures. And the once people could see that things were happening, they started to understand that we needed to do things in in a, in a different way oh, i see so once they started to see that there were some results from what you'd implemented they started to get on board um, yeah it, it takes it, it takes, takes time, time. But also it was making sure that they had stuff that they so if they were going out to see somebody on a site they had some things that they could take that were relevant sure so not something you know so if it was the winter they had some content they could take out that talked about how great and more cost-effective our tower lights were than the competition because it gave them something to have a conversation about rather than, hi, how's it going? Mm. Great, I'll come and see you in another couple of weeks. Sure. They had something specific which would help the customer. Of course. Yeah. So it was all about why we were better to do business with than somebody else. And um, so, yeah, it Huge, it, huge it was, job. Huge, huge it, it, transformational. It was a huge yeah. job, yeah. I think we, I was really proud of what my team and I achieved. 
you know, because they took, they had to take our lot on board as well. They had to change the way that they saw things and, and it also gave them a chance to build their skills, you know, mm. to build their knowledge about online marketing and, and data and CRM systems and um, mm. targeted marketing. So it was just, you know, as it is with all of these things, mm. as the marketing director, I just had to keep the faith. I knew I was doing the right thing and I was doing the right thing for the business. I just had to keep pushing on, even though sometimes it wasn't always appreciated because I, I knew I was taking us in the right direction and it would make a, a difference. Proudest, proudest moment of your career so far? Um, I think... I think one of the one of the things I'm I'm good at is going into places where things need to change and I think everywhere I've been I've been able to bring about some of that change and, mm -hmm. and modernize and make their marketing more appropriate and that's what I'm always proud of because whichever job I'm in that's what I'm trying to achieve and I'm fortunate that I don't feel that I've ever failed to do that so that's what keeps me going on. I don't think I've had one moment that stands out more than others because mm. you're always trying to move forward and do the very best wherever you are. But I I know I always leave places better than I found them. And that's something that I'm proud of. And that's what I've been em employed to do. Great stuff. Jane, let's get into our quick fire round. I'm going to fire some questions Ooh, at you. And if you goodness. can fire some answers back at me, that would be that would be even better. Almost like a little bit of a verbal tennis almost. Don't worry, we're going to start easy. And then we'll we'll build up to harder and harder questions. Uh, what's the single thing you enjoy most about working with agencies? Um, the fact that they bring in a creative element to everything and they can just sometimes really get the essence of what you're after and turn that into something fabulous and everybody you, you'll have your colleagues around the table and they'll go wow yeah that's really great that that is us they, they've got it we we feel really confident about that visualization and that interpretation of the messages and that really is a great thing that they bring to the party what annoys you most or frustrates you about working with agencies? Um, sometimes that they um, lose a bit of pace. I, I push hard. I'm always um, committing myself to deadlines that I probably can't meet. And mm -hmm. I need them to keep up with that. And sometimes I have to remind them that we've committed to doing something tomorrow and, and not next week. From time to time, people go through a low. What do you do to motivate yourself? Um, I go to the gym. <laughs> okay. Yeah. When uh, when things are bad, I, I, I go to the gym because it helps me clear my head. And then I you can see things far clearer and you can help you take the emotion out of it. Doing something mm. physical removes that emotion out of the situation. And I think that's sometimes the thing that stops you being able to see a way forward because it, it sort of clouds your judgment a bit. What excites you most about your current role? I, the great thing with the marketing center jobs and the, the businesses I'm currently working with is that they have all got massive potential for growth and it's, and it's helping them see what that growth will look like and how they get there because it's 
marketing it uh, at a strategic level is something completely new to them. And it's great to see how quickly they embrace that and how much confidence it gives them about their ambition because they can see that the things that they thought and felt coming to life and it, it really helps drive them forward and they gives them a sort of visual representation of what they're really great at and mm. and and how they get that confidence that they can definitely deliver on their ambitions if you weren't doing your current job or working in b2b marketing what else would you be doing um I don't think I'd want to do anything other than marketing. I've, hmm. I've been working in marketing a long time. I, I love it. I have, I've been so fortunate to find hmm. a career that has really allowed me to um, do good stuff and enjoy it. And of course, there are bad days, but generally those bad days are few. And I've, yeah, I'd, I love being in marketing. I think it's a fabulous career for anybody. It's so varied no two days are the same and uh it's forever changing so you can't possibly get bored with it I, it's a it's a great thing to do as a job and jane finally if you could live or work anywhere in the world where would it be and why um i do have a bit of a liking for australia okay <laughs> i wonder <laughs> why is it all that uh, sun and sand well, yeah, and I think there's just a lot to see yeah. and, and do, and it's a very mm. different, relaxed lifestyle. But, yeah, the, at the moment, it's, you know, the cold and the damp and the grey <laughs> of, of the UK yeah. is, is you think, ooh, yeah. you know, sun, the sunshine gets, uh, livens you up. I, I'll probably just stay here for now, I think. You, you, you know, we have no two days are the same are they yeah. here with our weather and it, we're obsessed with it so it gives us something to talk about good answer jane thank you so much for doing this thank you i've enjoyed it thank you for your time um, um good luck with all your other podcasts it's a really great idea i look forward to listening to the others too thank you very much if you would like to share any comments or subscribe to the podcast you can find client side on spotify apple Podcasts, soundcloud stitcher or wherever fine podcasts are sold if you'd like to appear as a guest on the show or would like to recommend a senior B2B marketing professional to appear on client side, then please visit fox.agency. We would be unable to produce the show without our very special team here at Fox. Millie Bell is our booker slash researcher. Paul Blanford is our creative director. Ben Fox is our executive producer. I'm Nathan Anibarbo. You've been listening to Client Side from Fox Agency. Join us next time on Client Side, brought to you by Fox Agency.